With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Do you like what you're hearing right now? Then be sure to check out VOC Nation. Whether it's on VOCNation.com or your favorite podcast provider, VOC Nation offers the greatest in live and on-demand content, great interviews, and incredible insight from those who have lived the business. Seven days a week, VOCNation.com. And don't forget to check us out on Twitter at VOCNation. Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to WCW Retro. I am your host, Howard Morgan, and I don't do this alone. Joining us tonight, as always, is the one and only Chaz Moretti. Chaz, how are you doing tonight, brother? Oh, I'm great, Howard. How are you? I'm I'm doing well. A little weary from all the traveling I did the last couple of days, but I guess tired people rule the world, I guess. Well, you know what? we got plenty of time to sleep when we're dead. Yeah, absolutely, right? <laughs> we can sleep Until when we're, we're dead. Going a million miles an hour. You know. I, 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 I accomplished absolutely nothing today. You know, I was supposed to fly to Shreveport to go visit a store, and my flight was going to take me from Philly to Dallas, from Dallas to Shreveport. Then I get a message at like 3 o'clock in the morning that that flight's been delayed three hours, and I can rebook a new flight. So I rebook a new flight from Philly to Charlotte, and Charlotte to Shreveport. And then I fly from Philly to Charlotte, and then I find out that that flight has been delayed like four hours. So now I can't make my window to go visit the store and turn around and come back the, the same day. So I got to turn around and try to get a flight back to Philly, which I finally did. And I finally got home about 4.30, I guess, after getting in last night at 1.30 in the morning, getting an hour sleep, and then driving back to Philly again, and then dealing with all this stuff. It sounds like you're making the towns back in the old territory days. Jeez. Oh, it, man, it's it's horrible. Man. It's horrible. I'm tired. Of, I've gotten an hour's sleep in the last literally day and a half, almost two days. You got my condolences on that one. But but enough about me. How, how are you doing? You're doing well? Busy as always. Just, you know, helping the WAW continue to promote a night to remember. We're a week away. Well, actually, a week tomorrow. Away from that historical card and, you know. All the arrangements are have been made. All of the products that we needed to purchase for uh, the ring and for the displays and everything else was done. Now we just gotta, you know, we gotta concentrate on that last week push for ticket sales. Our VIP tickets are just about sold out. 
In fact, I'm not expecting VIP tickets to be available past July 26th. Uh, I'll have to check on the on the ring side. But once they're gone, they're gone. And then all that would be left would be um, general admission day of the show, and those would be $20 tickets. And that would just uh, round out the house. So we're very excited about a night to remember. And, uh, you know, we're looking forward to putting on a card that I'd put up against anybody. I don't care if it's AEW. I don't care. You know, here, I don't, even, I don't have their budget, but I don't care if it's the E, AEW, ROH, MLW, Warrior, Game Changer. I don't – Impact. We're going to blow Impact out of the water. They're running Chicago that same night. I don't care who they are. The card that I've got right now, the production quality that I have right now, the amount of time, effort, blood, sweat, and tears that has gone into making this show on behalf of myself and my team, yeah, I'll put us up against anybody. One thing I've maintained since day one, I am not running a cheap, flimsy indie show. This is a professional wrestling event, and the people are going to get their money's worth. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, but yeah, no, I'm you know I'm happy for you. Man. I'm glad that you're, um, you know, you're, you're looks like you're close to, to selling out, if not already sold out as we speak. Um, not sold out, you know, yet, it, we're getting there. But yeah, we're getting there. That, that's you know that that's that that's the key, though. You know, getting you know, and and I feel like that's the the general consensus with again, no matter how big you are. Whether you're one of the you know the big guys or you know someone slightly smaller, as long as you put on a quality product, you know, and give the fans their money's worth, you know, that that's what I believe keeps them coming back, knowing that they get a, yep. a, a great experience, that they get a you know a, a great card and and really you know, a, a fun night out for you know two three four I'm hours here. you know Our however VIP. long. They're yeah, our VIP customers are going to get an hour meet and greet at five o'clock before we ever open up the doors. So they get to meet everybody that's on the card. Uh, they'll get to buy merchandise that no one else will be able to buy. They'll get to get autographs. You know, have to, obviously they'll have to, it's up, the autograph costs are up to the talent. They'll have to purchase autographs. But, you know, they'll get that hour's worth of access before the show that nobody else gets. I mean, you go, I'm not going to beat a dead horse or, or, or try to rip on them, but you go to Impact, and I'm charging $50 a ticket for VIP with the meet and greet. They're charging $150 for first row with no meet and greet. I have wow. the value. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I had somebody ask but me, said, well, what makes your show different from any other indie show? Number one, it's not an indie show. <laughs> Number two, you want to see different? Look at the poster. Look at the array of talent that I have on that poster. I mean, I've got... I've got talent that, are, that is current. I've got the current women's world champion. I've got the NWA TV champion. I've got a lot of good young up-and-comers. I've got British legendary royalty on my card. And I've got the sinister minister making his return after 30 years away from the business. I mean, he was a manager during the Bob Luce and Dick the Bruiser days back in the early 80s, you know. One half of the Chicago right. Freebirds with Buddy Roberts Sr. So we got him out of mothballs. That ought to be interesting. <laughs> uh, that's yeah, but it sounds exciting, you know. And and you know, I'm hoping all you goes know, well. And I want to, yeah, one last thing I want to reiterate before I 
stop talking about it tonight to remember when we get into the subject matter at hand for tonight's show is this particular event is family friendly. I would love nothing more than to see a house full of children at that show because the kids are what keep us going. So anybody that's listening, if you have children and you were thinking, oh, I don't know if I want to come to the show because I don't know if the kids are welcome. No, the kids are more than welcome. So, yeah, no, it's definitely a family-friendly show. No two ways about it. That's good to hear. And, you know, and and I'm sure, you know, you said that's, that's a big reason why people come because they can bring their children and, you know, be entertained and get a quality show, you know, for a couple of hours. Yeah, this one's going to be so more like three hours. By the time you add the meat, no, you're nice. looking at four hours. Wow, very nice. So, so see, I mean, the, the value goes up. <laughs> you know, for <laughs> what, what you're getting for your money, you know, keep you know keeps going up and up. That's awesome. Most definitely. Uh, Give me one second. Let me click out of something that I need to click out of. I'll be back momentarily, and then we'll get started. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, so, you know, tonight we are um, talking um, former pro football players who have entered into the world of professional wrestling, and I, I want to kind of keep it more towards the pro, the, the pro football end because it seems like, you know, I would say, and, and I don't have the numbers in front of me, but, you know, probably 85 to 95% of um, the wrestlers out there today have played football either at a high school or a college level. But we're talking, um, you know, playing at the professional level, whether it's semi-pro, um, you know, we'll include Canadian football, you know, the NFL, you name it. If they got paid to play football, you know, then, then that's what we're going to talk about. I kind of talk about, you know, how well, you, you know, you thought they did, how well you thought maybe they could have done, could they have done more, or were they just really not meant, you know, to, to you know, the business at all? Because let's face it, not everybody, you know, it, it is cut out to be a a pro wrestler, you know, and, you know, because I believe it takes more than, you know, being just an athlete, um, you know, or being more than just a football player, you know, I think it takes, there's a lot of talent that, um, that is, you know, that is needed to, to do what these guys do. Um, and my hat's off to anybody that, that does it at, at any level. Um, you know, whether you're in, you know, in, in with the, you know, the, the big leagues as, as they call it, or, you know, you're, you're wrestling for, you know, for a guy like Chaz, um, you know, my, my hat's off to all those guys that, that get out there and do it every every night and, and travel up and down the roads and, and do what they do for, you know, essentially for the fans, for us, you know, for those of us are, that are listening. Um, but my first, um, I guess, entrance into um, pro football players that have turned into um, pro wrestlers is, um, none other than Kevin Green. And Kevin Green was a guy that I liked um, watching play um, pro football. I mean, he had a, I guess we'll call it a, a rather long career. He had about 14 or 15 years, um, played for the Rams, the Steelers, the Panthers. Um, just a, a a great, you know, football player. And then, he you know, he transitions into the world of professional wrestling and, 
you know, he, he wrestles for a little bit. Um, he's one of the guys that I really feel like maybe, you know, could have um, done more, you know, you know, could have done more, you know, while he was there. I, li- I liked watching him. I, I thought he was um, he was believable. Um, I liked the, the program they did with, with another guy that we'll talk about a little bit later, you know, Steve McMichael and everything that, that he did there. Um, but just a, a great um, overall talent um, was Kevin Green. Um, Chaz, are you back? I am, sir. I am. I was just listening to you tell the tale of Kevin Green. What, 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 what is your, your feedback on, on Kevin Green? Uh, good football player, limited as a wrestler. He was, he was pushed hard while he was still green because of his status with the Carolina Panthers. You know, I don't think he ever had a, really had a chance to prove himself nor stayed around long enough to prove himself. So, I mean, you know, for what it was and, and for when he was competing as a wrestler, it was fine. But, you know, again, it was, uh, he won't go, I don't think, in my opinion, he'll go down in the annals of, you know, greatest football players to, to ever wrestle. I mean, you know, I was watching sure. the videos uh, last week, and I came across a match from between the then world heavyweight champion Jim Landis and Bronco Nagurski. And Bronco Nagurski was a legitimate title contender as a wrestler. As a football player, he knocked a dent into the brick dugout at Wrigley Field on a touchdown run. Because the way that the way <laughs> football was configured at Wrigley Field, uh, the end the end of the end zone was the uh, was the wall that the dugout shared. And Bronco literally plowed through everybody, kept on going through the end zone, and hit the wall and knocked four bricks loose. And when he came back to the when he came back to the bench, they asked him, they said, are you okay? He goes, yeah, that last guy hit me pretty hard. <laughs> you know, we're, we're talking we're about the moments back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, yeah, we're not talking to, you know, the – You know, and to, to the, watch you know, Rocco go almost an now. hour with Jim Landis in front of 50,000 people at Comiskey Park, I mean, that's doing something. Yeah. Especially you know, for you know, in in that era. Yeah, I mean, and moving on as you get into the as you get into the fifties, you had guys like Leo Namalini, uh that wrestled. Uh, that was yeah, also he, an NFL he's player. On my list. Yeah, he's he's one of the guys that's on my list. You know, and then you start going into the sixties, and it was a glorious time. I mean, you had Alex Karras. And people seem to forget about Alex Karras playing for the Detroit Lions. I, you know, I, I did. Well, and, and, and Alex and Victor Bruiser fought wars in Detroit. I, yeah, and as as I was doing the research, I, I you know, I I was at fault. I, you know, I completely forgot about him when I looked at him. Like, oh, oh, him too. Okay. <laughs> yep. But yeah, you, know, you had Alex Karras, and, and then you had you know, my hometown team from the town of my birth. You had. Uh, one of the more famous New York Jets in, in Wahoo McDaniel. I mean, the, the old chant used to go out, hoo, hoo, wahoo. And, you know, wahoo played a number of seasons with the Jets before going into wrestling full-time. No, absolutely. And, and, and listen, you know, wahoo, yeah, wahoo definitely made a name for himself 
you know, in, in the world of professional wrestling and, you know, honestly, you know, could, you know, could have, you know, continued on and, you know, made a name for himself, you know, in, you know, in, in the world of pro football. I mean, you know, and, and, and that could be sure. You know, any of these guys, and the fact honestly. He more money wrestling than he could play in football. I mean, back then, don't forget, back in the 60s and 70s, football players didn't make a great deal of money. I mean, they were not no, making they did not. millions like these spoiled, rotten brats we got now. They were, they were making five figures. They were lucky. If they made 50 grand, 75000 a year was a lot. Now, let's be honest about it. 70000 a year is 1500 a week. That's not much. I mean, by 1970 standards, that was good money. But what do you do in the offseason to supplement it? You go wrestle. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Right, yeah. That's just it. You know, they're, they're, they're making it, but then, yeah, what do you do, you know, you know, between the seasons, you know, between all that, which brings me to um, one that I actually forgot, um, and only because, you know, I, I think he – gets a little, you know, underrated as, um, you know, a, a football player because we don't think of him, um, you know, as a football player. And that, you know, is one Vern Gagne, you know, the guy, that, you yeah. know, the, the man that, you know, drove the, the AWA for, for you know, many was more into the amateur wrestling than he was football. He played in college, as did Greg as did Jimmy Brunzel. I mean, they all played college ball. Ric Flair played college ball. You know, they never really right. – they opted to go the wrestling route right off the bat as opposed to football. Uh, you know, Vern was a, a big sponsor of the U.S. Uh, Olympic team, and that's a little-known thing. Right. So, I mean, you know, no, there yeah, were guys but, like yeah. – Yeah, there were yeah. guys like Chris Taylor, Ken Patera, uh, the Iron Sheik, Kazro Baziri. I mean, they owe their careers to Vern. Vern's the one that sponsored them and brought them over. Yeah, no, and and there was a a, a podcast that I listened to that um, it was it was right after the Iron Sheik had passed, and he did nothing but you know praise Vern Gagne for all the work that he did, you know, getting him not you know not only to the United States but really kind of making good on you know all of the promises that that Vern had made because he's you know he said you know. But, you know, back then it, it wasn't nothing for somebody to say, hey, you know, uh, come on over. I'll give you this, that, and the other thing, and then this, that, and the other thing disappears. Yeah, but, you know, back you then, know? though, Howard, back in the 60s and, and 70s, um, promoters were actually pretty honorable men. I mean, Vince Sr. was a man of his word no matter what. Uh, Vern was a man of his word, as was Sam Muchnick. Uh, Paul Bosch, uh, Fritz von Erich to a lesser degree, uh, Mike and Gene LaBelle out in California, Eddie Graham was a hell of a guy to work for, according to the boys. You know, uh, Jackie Fargo, when uh, and when he ran Memphis along with uh, with Eddie Marlin, uh, those were you know those were guys that um, and uh, and Jarrett, those were guys and Jerry Jarrett, those were guys that 
you know, people could always rely upon to uh, to make good on their word. And you got to give you got to give uh, the Sheik a lot of credit because you know Vern offered him, I think it was a hundred or a quarter of a million dollars to break Hogan's leg in Madison Square Garden and take the and bring a WWF title back to Minneapolis and toss it in the trash, and Sheik wouldn't do it. He had too much respect yeah, I, for Vince. Right, and I, and I heard it was upwards of you know a quarter million dollars in that price range. You go back to January of '83, a quarter million dollars was good money. Yeah, yeah it was. Yeah, it was. You know, Sheik you, know, was gonna drop, you know, nobody knew back then that Sheik was going to drop the title. I mean, they kind of pumped it to where you had an idea that Hogan was going to win, but Hogan still was was coming from the AWA, had a short stint. In um, in the WWF in the early 80s uh, with Blassie as his manager, no one really expected him to become the, the media superstar that he became. But, you know, she right. did the honorable thing and, and uh, did the job, so to speak, you know. And, and getting back to the football players, another guy that was a tremendous wrestling talent as well as a tremendous football talent, the knee injuries took him out, was Big Cat Ernie Ladd. Ernie Ladd was a, a pitcher with the San Diego Chargers. Yeah, I'll say, yeah, he's he's on my list. He's ne- more near the top of my list, but, yeah, he's he, yeah, he's, he's I mean, on my list. So, Ernie, you, know. you look at what Ernie's accomplished. I mean, he won the King of Wrestling title out in L.A. He was U.S. champion at one point. He was the, uh, the main booker for Bill Watts in Mid-South during the early 80s. I mean – Ernie put his finger on a lot of people's careers. Without Ernie Ladd, you don't get a junkyard dog. No, you don't. And you know, I, I and I listen to guys talk about you know, guys like like Doug and and DiBiase and, and and those guys talk about Ernie Ladd, and um, they they would call it sitting under the learning tree, and they would go, they would yeah. send you to Ernie Ladd, and he would he would polish you up and and make you. You know who you were, and you know, and everybody. You up or flush you out? Because if you were guarding, right, right. Ernie would just Ernie wouldn't waste his time with you. Right, right. But then you know, when I'm, you know, I'm talking about guys Hogan and DiBiase who you know who made it. Oh, talk yeah. about you know they went through, oh, yeah. through Ernie Ladd to to cut their teeth and learned a lot from Ernie Ladd and listened you know intently to every word that that you know that that he was you know coming out of his mouth. The second card that I've ever that I ever saw live, uh, first one was in was in Madison Square Garden. I got to see superstar Billy Graham before he became champion. In fact, it was the famous um, it was the famous Go Hot Your TV promo, the black and white promo. I got the I was in the garden that night when he cut, and that was my first show ever. My second one was at the old when we moved to Chicago was at the old International Amphitheater, and the main event. It was a Texas death match, which we now call a last man standing. And it was Dick right. and Ernie Ladd. You know, and the rules were different. You, you, It was a pinfall. You had 10 seconds to get up and make it to the center of the ring, and you went again. And the guy who couldn't call, who couldn't make the bell lost. And, I mean, it went, these guys went 18 rounds. You're talking 42 Shoot. minutes. Or 40 mm. minutes to the finish before – uh, before Ladd failed to make the bell. So, I mean, last man standing wow. is a cool match. Iron Man match is cool because 
it's a long it's a long match, but there's not a lot of pinfalls. Typically, there's only one, and it's usually in right. sudden death. But I mean, you know, a good old fashioned Texas death match. That's something that you saw back then. You don't see now because I don't think a lot of guys could actually work out, you know, twelve pins or submissions into a match and make it look believable. Look, uh, yeah, that, that's yeah, that's what I was gonna say. They, they could do it, but it wouldn't look believable. You know, and Bruiser had a, had a small stint in the NFL for Green Bay. He didn't do much with it, but you know, he was there too. Um, uh, yeah, the other guys that were on my He's list been... were Paul Orndorff. You know, Paul did a good job with New Orleans, with the Saints. Um, Goldberg with the Atlanta Falcons. No, absolutely. And one, one guy that, that was I, I, I liked watching growing up. Um, had a brief stint with the with the Chiefs, and then went over and played briefly in, in um, Canadian football. Was um, Pito Santana? Oh yeah, absolutely. Speaking of Canadian football, I mean Angelo Mosca, King Kong Mosca from the Hamilton, Ontario Tiger Cats. And a hell of a career <laughs> he, I, Yep, he's he's on my list as well. I mean, Angelo's yeah, famous no, for knocking Joe Cap out cold. Twice. Once in the <laughs> football field and once at a convention. <laughs> I mean, you gotta love it. But uh, who else do you have, Howard, as, as people that actually, you know, were visible in the NFL or the CFL? Or even the USFL, uh, for that matter? Yeah, I, you know, I... Um, and, and some of them we, 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 we briefly mentioned, you know, I had, you know, Cowboy Bill Watts. Um, yeah. Actually, you know, doing some research, he did sign with, you know, back then it was the old, AF, you know, AFL, you know, for the Oilers. Um, and then played, you know, briefly um, for the Vikings. Um, but, again, you know, a guy that, you know, came from a pro football background into pro wrestling and really made a, a you know, a hell of a career in pro wrestling, you know, being a, you know a wrestler, a, a pretty darn good wrestler, and then you know a, a great promoter in, in mid south, and like you said, you know, there's, you know, you, we give Ernie Ladd a lot of credit, you know, for for Junkyard Dog, you know, and I think Bill Watts has to share some of that credit, you know, especially for the 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 time well, that, that it was happening. We got a two one seven area code on hold. Why don't we see if he's still there? Uh, yep, yep, let me pick that up. Hold on one second. Yeah, let him in. 217, you're on WCW Retro. Hi, who is this? And what do you want? Hey, it's Gavin, for one. Which Gavin? I only know one Gavin. Gavin Alexander, yeah, the one. Oh, that Gavin. How you doing there, brother? I'm doing good. Had some good leg workout today, you know, because next week... You know how it is. But I hear we're talking about football players who made substantial careers in pro wrestling. Absolutely. Yes. Who do you want to talk about? Who, who do you, who's on your list, Gavin? Um, one person that is on my list, he started at University of Miami, Ohio. He was a walk-on for the Cincinnati Bengals, and he was probably the baddest M. Trucker ever for the Bengals, and that was Brian Pillman. Oh, yeah? yeah. He's, he's, he's on my list. Yeah, I forgot uh, about Brian yeah. Pillman. Let's not forget yeah. Baron Corbett. Yeah. 
Baron Corbin, Luger. Yeah. Luger, Duggan, um, Goldberg. Um, even though he was more visible in the NFL than he ever was in wrestling, but the one match he had in pro wrestling really shook the ground of everything, and that was Lawrence Taylor. Yeah, when he wrestled Bam yeah. Bam Bigelow. Absolutely. So make yeah. it 10. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, he had just come off winning the Super Bowl when he had that match. Yes, he did. Um, I'm going to throw a name out to you guys that you may not remember. He played for the New England Patriots. His father ran Hawaii as the the Pacific Wrestling Federation, along with Lord James Blears. And he was a hell of a wrestler in his own right. In fact, he made a WrestleMania II appearance in the Battle Royal, and I'm talking about Russ Francis. Russ Francis, um, WrestleMania II Battle Royal appearance. Let's not forget two Chicago Bears, William the Refrigerator Perry, and Sweetness himself. Walter Payton Walter was not Payton. in that Battle Royal, bro. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm positive. It wasn't Walter uh, Payton. Yeah, it, it, it must be the concussion thing. You know, I've had yeah, about a million of those. Yeah, I, I want to say it was um, I want I to say it was Van Horn that was in there. Van Horn could have been in there. I do know Fridge was in there. Yes, Fridge was in uh, there. Fridge got eliminated yeah. by Big John Studd. Yep. Uh, let's see. Who else are we talking about football-wise? Oh, well, I know you were, we were talking off, 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 off air about one of the guys, in, and he's in bad shape right now, God bless him. And I um, you know, hope all the, all the best while he's uh, living out his remaining days. But Mongol may not have been the greatest wrestler, but he was a hell of an entertainer. Yes, he no, was. I, his stuff with yeah, Jared was that. His stuff with Jeff Jarrett over the whole Deborah thing was actually very well played. Yes, sir. When it came oh, to yeah, Marco and Jarrett over the horsemen, over the horsemen and Deborah and how they played off Mongo and Jarrett, I thought it was well played. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah, very nice. But, but my personal yeah, no, I, favorite. Got my personal favorite football player turned wrestler will always be Pillman. Yeah, yeah, and he was oh, a, yeah. he was a defensive back. He wasn't, you know, we think of wrestlers being linemen and linebackers and whatnot. And you know, Russ was a Russ Francis was a wide receiver, tight end, and uh, um, Pillman was a, a defensive back. Smaller back. Yes, he was. But that that small little defensive back, when you sent someone towards him, he'd knock them seven ways from Sunday. Oh, absolutely, Howard. What do you think? What's uh, what kind of thoughts do you have on what we've been talking about so far? No, it, it, it's it's all good stuff. I I love Brian Pillman. Um, you know, I, I I thought he was a heck of a performer in the ring. I thought he was a you know a great player. You know, on the field. You know, I you know you. you and you know, I, I like I like the whole Steve McMichael thing again. You know, continue prayers for him as it does seem like he's kind of you know closer to the end than you know we would like. But 
you know, and he did look at times awkward in the ring, but like you said, that stuff that he did with Deborah and Jarrett and the horsemen and, you know, just his presence, you know, well, was, shoot, was, even was Mongo's match, even Mongo's match where he teamed with a gentleman that Chad has mentioned earlier, and that would be Kevin Green. That match with Mongo and Green is a team against Flair, and I believe it was Anderson. Double A, yeah, you, Flair you against right. Mongo. Yeah, again, yeah, Mongo no, and Green. I think that was when that version of the um, of the Horsemen started to break down. Yeah, yeah, right. Because then yeah, no. the whole Flair suspension and Anderson and Flair had a match and Pillman got involved and again more more football players have been tied with the Horsemen. I swear. <laughs> well, there's there, there's one that I, you know, and if if he came up, you know, I, I apologize, but if he hasn't come up, I don't know how his name hasn't come up yet. And that is, you know, the one and only, you know, Leon White. Yep. Vader. Yep. Vader. Big Van Vader. And Vader, you know, being, I, well, not just a football player, but Van Vader, Big Van Vader, Leon White, was one of the best big men for his time. He was revolutionary for a guy his size. Him and Bigelow, I, to both do moonsaults, was Outstanding. You know, yeah, you know, I, I see Vader do things, and I'm thinking there's no way this guy's getting more than six inches off his his feet. And then you watch him. I mean, they're you know he's throwing drop kicks, he's doing moonsaults, and I'm like, how is the guy that's this big? And same with with Bigelow. They're they're how are they that big? And you know, just able to do that, and that you know, and that transcends you know not not only you know football wrestling. I mean that that that's one hell of an athlete when you're that big and you can do that kind of stuff where you can fly around almost like a Brian Pillman. Oh, absolutely. I mean, in here, Steve Logan, who's one of our longtime listeners and contributors, is going to like this. But, uh, you know, Vader wouldn't have been Vader if he hadn't gone to Japan. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Japanese absolutely. do a lot of package, Vader. Where, hey, Jordan, you know, give me three minutes. I have to charge my phone. I've been on the phone with my doctor all day. Let me charge my phone back up, and I'll call right back. No problem. Absolutely. All right, thank Absolutely. you, Jordan. You know, he's on vacation, but is it me, Howard, or are you kind of missing the famous rat boy tonight? Yeah, I, I, I thought he said he was coming back tonight. Um, I don't know. It's but I, you know, I, I think it's much fun down there. Yeah, listen, maybe, maybe you know, maybe he's not coming back. You know, um, but I thought he said he was driving back Thursday afternoon, um, and that you yeah. know, and he was looking forward to to call in. But you know, I I like I, Rat Boy. You know, right. I, you know we we have a lot of fun with him on Tuesday nights. Right. You know, we we have a lot of fun with him on Tuesday nights, and you know, we, you know, when we come, you know, we call in here on Thursday. You know, he he does contribute he to the show. You know, he, <laughs> he he does a great job for us. You know, and I do uh, miss him. You know, Rapway, you're listening. Great job for us, Paul. 
But uh, <laughs> you guys are brutal on Tuesday nights. I'm like, holy cow. <laughs> yeah, no, you know, we had a lot of fun this past Tuesday. Um, you know, and, you know, and some of it at Rat Boy's expense. Um, but yeah, man, Rat Boy, if you're listening, man, give us a holler, man. Let you know, let us know what you know what's going on, and and you know how you're doing, and you know, hopefully you get the call in before you know before the show is over. But and yeah, you know, I, I just think you know, one of the things ahead. that we used to do uh, with Strobe is we would talk about dream matches. Matches that you could make up, you know, mixing guys across any era. So let's let's come up with a few dream matches based off of our football players. What's one dream match you'd like to see, whether it be a single, tag team, uh, six-man? What's one dream match you would make based off the football players that we spoke about and guys that we didn't speak about yet? Well, I I think, and, and it's one, like, I think Vader, the guy that we just got done talking about, and and forgive me if it's happened already, but I it, and I, I don't and maybe not knowing about that, but I think you know Vader going up against Ernie Ladd would have been one one hell of a slugfest, and probably would have went on for days if there wasn't a time limit. Oh yeah, definitely. But I'll tell you what, I don't think Ernie Ladd would have backed down off of Vader. You know, oh, Vader no, he like to take liberties in the ring. But I don't think he would have took liberties with Ernie Ladd. I think Ernie Ladd might have laid it on him. No, yeah, absolutely. And you know, I, you know, I, I've heard stories about you know Vader at, as as they would call it working stiff, and um, I forget who he was working with. Um, it might have been Fit Finley in a in a match that was on television, and he thought he would just be able to take. Liberty with Fit Finley, and Fit Finley's no joke. He's 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 not a chump, and and I he mean, made it into Vader. He was work- there was one point he was wrestling Ric Flair, and, and it got to the point where um, it got to the point where Harley was uh, Vader's manager at Tall Flair. Let him have it. He's being an ass. Yeah, and but yeah, and Fit, uh, you know, making with Fit Finley. Yeah, not good. Yeah. Yeah, and he, and and you know, Finley, he, he, and they, and I'll have to go. I'll have to, I think it was Arn Anderson that was talking about it. Um, okay. And he said, if you go back and watch, you can see where Dave Finley's shots really started to to inflict some damage on on, on Vader, and Vader started to to lighten up a little bit and be like, okay, all right, let's let, let, let's do this, you know, the right way now, because you know, Finley sent a message to him that you know, you might do this to a lot of guys, but you're not doing it to this guy. Oh, Finley was a legitimate tough guy. No two ways about it. No, absolutely. Um, and I did hear a story. It was him. It was a Fit Finley and um, um, oh gosh, um, William Regal. Sorry, William Regal. Where they that these two guys just I mean went at each other. I think it was over the the TV title. I think it was. And these guys, both of them liked working stiff, and they said that – and I, I think Fitz Finley – no, I'm sorry, it was Dave Taylor. Dave Taylor and Fitz Finley, where um, Dave Taylor got a broken nose from it. And he's like, it was yeah. probably the best match that I've ever had. And he's like, it was the stiffest, best. And I'm like, <laughs> this guy came out with a broken nose talking about, you know, I loved it. You know, and that – 
You know, yeah, that, that, that takes a special kind of crazy to do that. Yeah, but those, again, those were back in the days where these guys were working 300 dates a year. And, you know, they may have, out of, out of 300 matches a year, they might have one match where it got a little out of hand. You know, right. some of the, and sometimes the boys, you know, like when they got a little out of hand. But they didn't do it often. You know what I'm saying? Right. But, you know, nowadays you get these kids out there and they're just, because they don't, either they don't know any better or they don't want to know any better. You get you get these kids out there now that are just, they're killing themselves and cutting their careers short out of stupidity. And it just doesn't make yeah. any sense. Yeah. And, you know, and, and speaking of careers, you know, being cut short, um, you know, he, he just passed, uh, you know, a few weeks ago, a guy that I put on my list was, you know, Darren Drozdov. You know, yeah. we, you know, he's been, he was puke, he was draws, whatever you want to call him. Um, but, you know, he, he's from, from my neck of the woods. He's a South Jersey guy, um, you know, played um, nose tackle for the Broncos and then transitioned right. into what looked like a, a pretty, pretty you know, up-and-coming and pretty good wrestling career, you know, until unfortunately, you know, they, you know, they had an accident with him and D'Lo Brown and, yeah. you know, the rest they history. And D'Lo, to this day, if you talk to him privately, he'll tell you the same thing. He, he's never been the same after that because that was definitely not something that was intentional by any stretch of imagination. No, yeah, and and I, you know, and I've I've heard you know, you know, Draws himself saying that you know, o- over the years, you know, D'Lo would call him often and apologize. And Draws, you know, you got nothing to be apologized for. You know, they, they you know. They called it an accident for a reason. You know, you didn't maliciously do it. It was an accident, you know. And, right. yeah, you know, if, if, we, if we rewind it, yeah, can, can we change it? But, no, you, you know, you can't change it now. It's And he did. He said, yeah, it, it affected him, you know, probably more than any single event, you know, in his life, you know. And you could tell you just he, – he was different after that. He was He was a different man after – you know, after that, that, you know, that accident. And, again, I just, you know, I, I think, you know, Draws would have been, you know, a, a pretty good competitor for a lot of years, you know, if, you know, if, if it, you know, if his career wasn't cut so short. Yeah. But who, who do you have? You, you, mentioned, you mentioned dream matches. What, what, who two guys or a tag team would you put together, you know, of the guys we've talked about or, you know, a couple of guys that we haven't talked about yet. You know, I, I got to tell you, I would love to, to put a tag match together between uh, two of the older guys and, and two of the younger guys. And I'm thinking, uh, I'm thinking Mongo and um, Philman as a tag team. And I would match them up against Wahoo and Ernie Ladd. I think that'd be a hell of a match. Very big contrast in styles. Yeah, and you have, you know, three, you know, legitimate big men and, a, you know, a a cruiserweight that can wrestle like a big guy. <laughs> right. You know, that can give anybody, you know, a, a, you know, a run for their money, you know, b- you know between the ropes. And, yeah, no, I think that would be, you know, a, a heck of a tag team, you know, match. I, you know, I... I can see, you know, the potential for that. I, you know, I like it. I, um, 
you know, I think it's got tremendous power, and I think people, you know, it, it, it's entertaining, you know, and I think it could be a good 15, 20-minute match where you're like, oh, my gosh, it's over, and then you realize, well, it started 20, 22 minutes ago, and these guys gave everything they had for, you know, 22 minutes. Yep. You know, but yeah, that, that's a great um, – And, you know, and you know, great, one of the weird um, things about what we've been talking about is none of the former football players that we've spoken about were ever world champions. Not well, not not yet. <laughs> I was well, I was kind of saving him for kind of for kind of. I take it back. Goldberg was world champion. Goldberg. Oh was yeah, I was right. We did win that. Yeah, other other than Goldberg, none of them became world champions. And it's interesting because a lot yeah. of them were great workers, and, but you know, and, and a guy that that had, you know, the. The Vince look in the in the nineties, but you know, a, a guy that you know Vince would would lo- lo- he loved to have, and then for whatever reason he you know he he you know he fell out of grace or whatever, and then he came to WCW and put on a ton of weight. Um, that's none other than Ahmed Johnson. Yeah, you know, played yeah. played for the Cowboys for a little bit. Um, he was you know Intercontinental Champion. Um, but just, I mean, the guy had it, had it all. Had you know, he did have that look that Vince wanted. He was, a, he was a big guy. And, and you know, we, I just don't we know. overlook, we overlook him as a football player as well because he made more of a name for himself as a wrestler than he ever did as a football player. But The Rock, yeah. The Rock had a couple of good yeah. seasons up in his NFL. Yeah, no, the, the The Rock is on my list. Um, and then you know, I mean, this guy, you know, he. You know, he, he had a heck of a career in, you know, you know, up up north. He he had a, a, a tremendous, you know, wrestling career, and and now you know he's one of, if not the hottest thing going in Hollywood. Yeah. And it seems like everything this guy kind of touches or gets involved with, kind of, you know, turns to gold. You know, yeah. and you know, I like The Rock. I think The Rock, you know, for for modern times was was the most complete wrestler. He he had the look, you know, he, he could wrestle and, and the guy was, was, was great on the microphone. Yep. Yeah. Yep. His promo his promos were great. Sure. You know, while I'm not a big fan of the uh the guest wrestlers at uh at WrestleMania or whatnot, uh, with the exception of Logan Paul, because that kid could move. Um, one of the guys that impressed me in that little spot that he worked at WrestleMania was Gronkowski. Yeah, oh, oh, wow. He, he's not even on my list. <laughs> you know, he worked at a little spot with Mojo Rawley. I think they did a little impromptu tag um, when uh, when Gronk came out of the crowd. Yeah, I, Again, I forgot about that. Probably not. But, I mean, like I said, no. I'm not a big fan of the, the uh, quote-unquote guest wrestlers, but I mean, like I said, with the exception of Logan Paul, because the kid's a natural athlete, and I mean, he's, he can go. You didn't know Logan Paul from his YouTube and his his um, his OnlyFans and his uh, TikTok videos, you, you'd say, hey, you know, hell, of a, hell of a rookie wrestler's got a career ahead of him, you know? Yeah, no, I, 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 wasn't, I wasn't completely sold on him when he first came out. 
Um, but you know, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of liking him now. I'm kind of, because he, I mean, he can he can go. I mean, he had that spot um, with um, with Ricochet. Um, I forget which pay per view it was. Um, I don't think it was Money in the Bank. It was Money in the Bank. It was his last one during the ladder match. Is that where, is that where they came together in like in the middle of, from outside the ring and they collided together? Yep. Okay, yeah, that's what, okay. That's what I'm that was that was a heck of a spot. I was like, wow, that that, <laughs> that was impressive to come that far, both guys to do that at the exact same time and not seriously get hurt. I'm sure they felt it. There's no way they couldn't feel it. But to not get seriously hurt from that. Yeah, you're going to feel it. Yeah. You know, when you go go ass over tea kettle onto a table, yeah, you're going to feel it. Gravity hurts. (laughs) But one guy that we we kind of overlooked it, actually I got a couple that um, are now going to start holding world titles. Um, and he was, he was with the Raiders for a really, you know, a, a, as they called a cup of coffee. Um, he played in the world league of America football and that's none other than, um, um, JBL. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot old Bradshaw was, uh, was a halfway decent football player. So, so did I, so I, I started doing some research and I'm like, Oh wow. He, and you know, again, you know, the, and, you know, I prefaced it in the beginning with, you know, as long as you got paid to play football, that to me that makes you a professional. You know, if if you get paid to, to wrestle, you are a, a professional wrestler. That's what you do. So, you know, as long as you're getting paid for it, that, that's who you are, you know. And, yeah, I mean, and, and another guy that, that, you know, could work very stiff and, you know, especially when he was with, you know, a guy that we'll probably mention, you know, Near the end of the program, you know, Ron Simmons. Um, when them two guys were together, they, they, they were almost unstoppable. You know, and yep. just, you know, yep. the, the, there's their ability in the ring, their entertainment value. And, again, I think they, they were a tag team that had it all. They could wrestle. They could fight. And their, their promos were, were, were pretty good as well. You know, I, I enjoyed listening to them. You know, and, they, you know, they were really – Really entertaining guys, and you know, and if you know, Ron Simmons went his way, and JBL went his his other, and you know, I but I really did enjoy you know watching um, JBL wrestle, and that you know the things that he could do. Um, I remember way back when you know when they were the the second coming of the Blackjacks, and and all it just didn't seem to to catch on, and then you know he, he's he's there with Ron Simmons, and and his his career seems to skyrocket after that. I'm, I'm going to blame uh, the quote-unquote uh, suits at the WWE for why the new Blackjacks didn't take off. I mean, yeah, they, didn't, yeah. they did not give them the, the proper platform. I mean, they booked them as kind of yeah. – they booked them like they booked masked wrestlers now as a joke. You know, with the exception of Mysterio and very, very few others, masked wrestlers are booked as a joke right now. You know, and they've been doing that, and they've been doing that in WWF and WWE for years, which is stupid. But I mean, I, if they would have gave them the proper platform that that Vince Senior gave Lanza and Mulligan, I mean, it would have been a whole different ballgame. Because uh, yeah, I'm showing my age, but the Blackjacks were always 
an intriguing team to me. No, oh, absolutely they were. Absolutely. You know, they, they weren't the typical, uh, you know, the, the outlaw wrestler. I mean, you know, give me the wrong. You know, the Bass Brothers, the outlaws were great. And, you know, and you talk about, uh, you know, you got to talk about guys that were just wild men like Mantell and Black Bart, but they weren't that, they weren't that classic movie black mustache, black hat villain cowboys like the Blackjacks were. Right, right, yeah. No, they, and, 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 and to me, they, they, they were very intimidating, you know, on top of all yeah, of it. <laughs> I think they, they rushed the whole way that they packaged them. They brought them out without the proper – they gave them no run at the tag titles, and then all of a sudden they disappeared as fast as they came. And I, At that point, yeah, we'll, we'll break the fourth wall again for a little bit. You've got to blame the booker. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and and I liked them. I you know I thought they were going to and you know I've, I I've always you know Barry Windham was a you know a, you know a favorite of mine growing up. You know you know watched him you know in the old Jim Crockett days and you know and then he, you know he comes over in the WWF and again just through poor booking he just can't seem to he didn't quite have that success that he had when he was with Mike Rotunda. You know in you know in the early WrestleMania when they you know when they were a tag team and they were a great tag team. Um, you know, I just no, wish they could have, you know, story, kept that though. momentum going. Funny little story about about Wyndham and Rotundo. The song "Real American" was originally supposed to be their entrance music. Yeah, I, I did hear that. Hogan liked it and took it because he was the champion. But the song "Real yep. American" was supposed to be for Wyndham and Rotundo when they were. Yeah, I don't remember where I heard it from, but I did hear that. I don't know if it was from from Barry Windham himself or from somewhere, but I did hear that. And, you know, Hogan, you know, just said, yep, I, I want that. That's my music now and, and, and gone. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I thought that was kind but, of interesting if that was the case. You know, that was back in the day. Hey, how's it going, gentlemen? I told you I'd be right back. Yeah, we were lying. You would make it back in there, kid. Oh, well, with the phone, you know, it was almost dead. I had to make sure I got We're doing a little little gimmick in my time, which is dream match. So if you have a dream match. Out of four football players, so, I was raised around the Packers, the, the Rams, Rams, and the, the Cowboys. What would be your dream match? My dream match would be Pillman and Mongo against Baron Corbin and Lex Luger. I was going to say, I how, how did you two guys come up with the same tag team? Because they both worked WCW at the same time, and they were both pushed in different ways with different partners, but it would have been an intriguing partnership to see them together. Oh, yeah, especially the loose cannon version of Pillman. Because to me, that was his, one of his two best. Incarnations. The other one was when he was a Hollywood blonde. 
Yeah, with that other jobber. Absolutely. What was his name again? Stone Cold. Yeah, oh, some yeah, yeah some guys. Right. Steve Austin. Some, yeah. Yeah, right. that's your brony that, that Brian carried for a couple of years. I got it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So if it wasn't for Brian we wouldn't have a Stone Cold Steve Austin for sure. It, this is definitely <laughs> true. <laughs> oh, most definitely. You know, well, oh, most no, definitely. we all. I kid a lot, and my wife says I should watch what I say because you never know who's listening. I might uh, I might be on the wrong end of good old Steve if I ever meet him. So, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, yeah, I, you know, he can, he can drink his beer, his whiskey, and he can throw a stunner or two. He'll get his WrestleMania paycheck. Well, I'll tell you what. I know we're, we've... we've he wasn't a football player, but he has just passed, and he was one of our friends, Gavin, uh, Mike Halleck, Mantar. And, uh, oh, man, that's You know, we, we, I remember um, listening to the stories about how he was, uh, you know, saddled with that gimmick that he didn't want, but he made the most out of it. And one of the funnier stories was he was in the locker, and it was on – this story was on The Young Rock as well. And he's in the locker room with his headdress on, getting his, you know, his Mantar head on, getting ready to go out for his match, and she couldn't see the screen, and she looks at him and says, hey, Jabroni Moose, move. <laughs> Another person who uh, had some football ties who ended up becoming a wrestler who passed recently, and that was Darren Drozdoff, wasn't it? Yeah, we talked about Darren when you were off the air. Yeah. Yeah, we talked yeah. about him for a little bit. Draws yeah, but, was a hey, great Draws, character, um, especially with the piercings. About the ties between the NFL and, and wrestling, I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Well, I know what I would like to speak that, about um, next week. You know, Chaz, you know, and, and I understand you're, you're enjoying this, and sometimes you really – should, you know, and and I, I think you should take your wife's advice. Sometimes you need to um, be careful of kind of what you say and what you wish for. I don't know if we're going to bring the show up or down, but I'm, I'm guessing you got your wish, Chaz. That I fear no man. I don't sweat Steve Austin. Right, boy, what's going on? Right, boy, you there? Yes, I am here, and I heard every little bit of thing that was covered saying. I'm on my way home from uh, from wherever I was right now. You know, I, I didn't make it home yet, but you never know. I might have to turn this car around and go up to Chicago next week. <laughs> Or the 28, and uh, <laughs> just appearance in the ring and body slam, Mr. Chaz Moretti. Okay. And what you going to do when the Hulkamania comes after you, brother? Whoever this, whoever this is, who, who just said they were going to body slam Mr. Moretti? Oh, it's me. Well, come on. <laughs> Come on and try to body slam Mr. Moretti because I'll be standing right there waiting for some action. You want a lot of action? I will bring the action. That's all you have to bring is a bar of cheese 
and a cup of that's coffee for me. And you're going to see all the action. A cup of that's coffee? That's a, Shoot, I'll drink three monster coffees. Hold on, I'll drink. There, bro, but we're talking about football players that became wrestlers, and we were talking, you know, stories through the dream matches. So if you could pick out any football players, any two or four or six, you want to do a single tag or a six-man match between football players that became wrestlers, who would be your dream match, bro? One of them got to be Mr. Dam himself, Ron Simmons. Okay. Mr. Paul Ullendorf. Yeah. And I'm going to say Randy the Macho Man Savage because he was a baseball player. Yeah, no, he never played yeah, but football. Yeah, football. We're talking football. football. We're talking football. You got Simmons, you got Orndorff. You want them in a singles match? Okay, okay. I've, I've, okay, I got the best one, okay? Mr. Hollywood one. himself, The Rock. All right. I guess we're good. Paul Orndorff, Ron Simmons, and The Rock. In, in a in a in a match, and he hasn't responded, but he's right, right, right. Because right now I'm sitting in the car. I just got out. I just got out of uh, going to corral here. You know, my belly's all stuffed, and I'm ready to go now. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna have some fish in this parking lot here. How's that? Well, I'll tell you what. We've been watching your escapades on Facebook. Looks like you had a hell of a time down there, huh? Yeah, yeah, we had a very good time down there. Well, one day, you know, the same day, I went to Halloween to, to uh, Christmas, just like that, in the front. Nice. Nice. Well, you know, the Lowe's had the Halloween stuff, and I went to Wendy's, got me a burger, they had their Christmas tree up. Yeah, I did all the holidays. And it's not even, it's it's not even August, let alone September or October. Right. There's one guy on my list that we haven't talked about, and I don't think his name's even been mentioned because I don't even know if he's still around in the business or or what, but that's, you know, the, the alpha male Monty Brown. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it is. I, I know he played for the, the Patriots. Signed with 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 WWE. Actually, I think he played with the Bills and the Patriots, or one or the other. Yeah. Oh, how, right. how about uh, Vader? Did you say about Vader? He was a football uh, player. Yeah, yeah. We, 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 we okay. about Vader earlier. They're late for the dance yes, on we that did. one. But um. Howard, you want to talk about next week's show? Or you want me to let the cat out of the bag? No, you you know you go ahead, man. You you know you you let the cat out of the bag, man. This, this is your baby, man. This is this will be you next week. All right, Rap Four, are you ready for this one? Yeah. Next week we are going to have live on the WCW Retro Podcast. I'm not going to say the next week. But we are going to have some of the stars that will be appearing in Chicago next Friday, July 28th, for a night to remember on our podcast as a special uh, panel for our podcast. 
Oh, really? Like uh, Andrew Anderson, maybe? Is that one of them? We don't know yet. We have okay. no clue. You'll have to be and find out. It's not yeah. going to be, uh, what's her name, uh, uh, Mrs. Knight herself. Possibly. Could possibly, be, uh, could possibly be the Queen of the Carolinas, the Perfect Ten baby okay. doll. Okay. Oh, yeah. I met her Man. only one time, and I'd love to meet her again. She is yeah, a baby doll. Uh, I love her. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's anybody's guess who the panel is going to be for, for next week's show. But we are going to talk about a nicer and and their storied careers. Okay. That's cool with me. I'm in for Yeah, no, next, next, week be, next week will be a great show, I think. I think it'll, you know, every, you know it, those that will be listening are you know definitely in for a treat. And, you know, you won't find it yeah, anywhere else except here on WCW Retro on, on Thursday nights. Okay, well, yeah. let me go. Because, let me go because my sister's on the other on the car phone here, and I have to go. Now we'll catch everybody next week right here, you know, at nine o'clock on the VOC Nation. I'm out of here. Yeah, absolutely. I'm on my, I'm on my way home now. I'm on my way home now. Awesome. Catch All right, John. Okay, then I talk to everybody on Tuesday night in the room with Brady Hitch at nine o'clock. Right here on this station. Bye, y'all. Brady, take, don't let Brady you know, take cheap shots at you, rat boy. Let him have it. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, Brady, I'm in a good mm-hmm. mood. I'm getting my... Sorry. Who was that? That was Rat Boy. He's off. Rat boy, okay, because all I heard was him, him talk like his false teeth were out. Um, he was talking about body slamming you, Mr. Moretti. Well, here's the thing. Ever since getting healed, I've been looking for the action. If he's a buck thirty, let's see if I can yeet him from one side of the building to the other. Stop. I don't have that kind of bail money. Right. Well, I'm just saying, you know, hold harmless contracts. Not to remember panels next week on the show. Anything else you want to shout out and uh, and give credit to? I would like to give credit to WAW North America for presenting a show for next week that is going to be star-studded, hard-hitting, and absolute fire. Who would I like to give a shout out to? I'd like to give a shout out. I'd like to give a shout out to the Violent Society. My boy James Gein and Vincent Crawley. What up, boys? Um, I'd like to give a shout out to my gorgeous wife. She has put up with me more than what she should right now. Hey, watch your mouth. Oh, you're cussing at me. 
I got mine over hey. here, Shannon. Ready, sup? Hey, she chopped me earlier. She getting me ready for the 28th. Don't even talk about that because my wife likes to do the Andre the Giant chop. And I'll ask about Oh, she. My wife likes to throw the old knife edges. Oh, my wife ain't suplexing me. You know, we got to stop with the wives. But, gentlemen, I would like to throw my name in the hat on being on this panel for a night to remember next week. Well, you know the number, and you got to keep the phone off the speaker because it gets too much feedback. Yes, it, it causes way too much static, and I do apologize. Bob, we have to remind you. Yeah, well, it's because Grin still has my meds. Oh, my Lord. We'll talk about that. Howard, anybody you want to give shout-outs to or uh, things that's coming up with you and you want to let the public know about it? Well, just, you know, again, as we talk every week, just continue to pray for, for Stro as he continues to, to heal and recover. And, you know, again, yeah. you know, we're just, you know, Chen and I are just keeping this seat warm until Stro gets back. You know, and, you know, hopefully, you know, sooner than later, you know, I know it's a long recovery, but Brother Rob, you know, praying for you, and, you know, we, we will continue to pray for you and, and you know, that, that you do have a speedy recovery and you're back here, you know, just just as quick as possible, you know. And, you know, if you ever have the ability to, to call in one night, man, call in, brother. We You know, we'd love to hear from you, um, you know, and, and, and get an update from you, you know. If you call in the next couple of weeks, you know, that would be great. Um, yeah, just keep getting you know, better, brother, when we do this year. Little known fact about Stro, when a night to remember was first put together, Stro was supposed to be managing Gavin Alexander. Yes, he was. So I and, personally, personally. circumstances, sickness, Gavin getting shot twice in the leg. Uh, it didn't work out, but that doesn't mean it won't work out in the future. So, Stro, come on, get better, brother. We got a, We got a booking for you. Up in the Stro, sky. we got some Stro, we got some problems to cause people. I can't go nowhere yet, <laughs> brother. Come back to us. Yep. So I want to give my shout outs to uh the BOC Nation for providing us a platform to have these conversations and these discussions about the world of pro wrestling. I, I thoroughly enjoy what we do. I think um I think we have a lot of fun. I think we we treat the sport with the respect that it deserves and we're and we're not too dry in the process. So uh, shout-out to BLC Nation. Shout-out to Brady Hicks. Encourage everybody that's within, God, if you're within five hours of Chicago, make the trip up. Come to a night to remember. We didn't just name that show out of the air. It truly is going to be a history-making event. So Yeah, it's uh, not like the show was a name that got ripped off or anything. Yeah, looking forward to next week and having the panel discussion with some of the cast and crew from A Night to Remember. And uh, and with that, Howard, we'll just throw it back to you to close it up. Yes, sir. Yeah, I was just saying, thank everybody for listening. You know, again, you know, tune in next week. And because, you know, you know, the night to, A Night to Remember is, you know, on – is that on Friday, Chaz? Yes, the Friday, 20, Friday, 28th. So there will be a, a – pre-show of sorts for a night to remember right here 
next week, you know, from, from 9 to 11, we'll have all kinds of guests on, um, you know, giving their a little bit of the, their their background and their, their history in the business. And, you know, uh, looking forward to, to talking all that, you know, all those, all those performers and it'd be an exciting show. And, and we do thank everybody for taking the time out and listening and calling in and contributing to the show. Um, I can see, you know, all the numbers that, that call in and, you know, the numbers get, you know, bigger and bigger every week. Um, we do thank everybody for their support and, and, you know, entertaining us listening while, you know, while we try to entertain you for an hour or two each and every Thursday night. Um, but until next week, everybody have a great night. It's been fun. Um, and, you know, again, Stro, we're praying for you, brother. Um, we'll be right back here next week for a pre-show to the, a night to remember WCW Retro from 9 to 11 on the VOC Nation. Everybody have a great night, guys. Thanks. Yep. Sure, guys. Ciao. Hey, this is Total Package, Lex Luger. You're listening to the VOC Nation. Don't miss out. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. Check out In The Room every Tuesday night at 9. Listen in. Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks, former WCW star Stro Maestro, Kazzy Fitz, Matt Grimm. And you and Ray are there too, right, Ray? We sure are. And we've got great guests like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Taku, and more. It's a heck of a party. Plus, I didn't get thrown off uh, buildings. And then uh, pregnant. I didn't get pregnant either. Sometimes I think it gets so ridiculous. We were getting into, like, snuff film territory there. In the room. 9 p.m. Eastern on VOC Nation. Yo, this is Jerry Stein of the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian Knobs here. You get ready to get nasty? Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby. VOC Nation is one of the longest-running wrestling podcast networks. Having started way back in 2010, VOC Nation provides daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with their hosts, and guests via phone calls, emails, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts include former backstage interviewer from both AWA and WWE, Ken Resnick, former WCW performer The Maestro, former Impact performer Wes Crisco, Pro Wrestling Illustrated contributor Brady Hick, and former Philadelphia radio personality Bruce Works. Archive-free content includes past interviews with huge names like Paul Hogan, Jesse Ventura, Kurt Angle, Jimmy Hart, Richard Steamboat, Sting, Mick Foley, Joey Styles, Howard Finkel, and so many more. Listen live at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all the podcasts by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to follow these guys on Twitter at VOCNation. Phil After has been in the pro wrestling business for over 50 years. Hey, Tony here with uh, Arn Anderson. Arn, first of all, your height and weight. 6'1", 255. And now subscribers to VOC Nation Premium get exclusive access to Bill After's archived audio footage. And uh, where's your hometown? Minneapolis, Minnesota. Okay, and uh, give us something about your back. First of all, your relationship to Ole Anderson. Ole is my Subscription to VOC Nation Premium starts at just $3 a month and includes commercial-free audio and video versions of our top podcasts. Okay, we're speaking here with uh, the manager of the World Heavyweight Tag Team Champions, Tarzan Tyler and Luke Graham, and he's, uh, he's sort of glowing tonight about a new prospect we haven't heard of yet. And for just $9 a month, Aptor's archives are all yours. Uh, would you tell us who this new prospect well, is? Well, I'll tell you, Bill, I've searched the world, and I finally <laughs> found a true world champion. I finally found... 
What's your opinion of uh, Ivan Koloff winning the title from Bruno San Martino? Well, I think... Uh, I don't know what to say, but I, well, I don't want to say one thing. Uh, Bruno was an early champion. Hear exclusive interviews with the greatest performers of all time. We're speaking here with Bruno San Martino. Bruno, first of all, how did you and Bruiser lose that title to the Valiant? Well, actually, it was a, a, a very unusual loss, if you want to call it the loss. Did have anything to do? Well, yes, but the whole thing is that the rules, as I always understood them, was that the title could only be lost by pin or, or submission, which is the same rules as uh, my title, the World War Wrestling Federation. That night, uh, it was... To sign up, it's very simple. Head to premium.vocnation.com or go to patreon.com slash vocnation. VOC Nation takes you behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week. Talking dream matches. Taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation radio network. This is Matt Hardy, and you are listening to the VOC Nation.